Welcome to Revelation Warning, a weekly podcast hosted by Pastor Robert Thibodeau as he interviews prophecy experts from around the world as we discuss current events in relation to Bible prophecy. All of this is to give the world a final Revelation Warning. Now, here is your host with this week's guest, Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Revelation Warning Podcast, where we discuss current events in light of Bible prophecy. Now, ever since 9-11, terrorism has been on the minds of most Americans anyway, off and on, but never consistently. And proof, let's just say, you know, the Oklahoma bombing. And for those old enough to remember, that was just a, a memory or about the Waco massacre, and you can visualize the live newscast, but these, among others, still didn't stop 9-11 from happening. And since COVID started, there's not been much coverage of terrorism or terror threats at all. It seems as if the media just grew tired of covering these things, and they'd rather, rather dwell on things like lockdowns and and peaceful riots in the streets and the burning of cities and, you know, just saying that, you know, these are just people expressing themselves, right? But with the open border and over 2 million people flooding into our country, and almost all of them aren't able to be tracked, they have absolutely no background checks, they're not even taking fingerprints that I know of, this nation is setting itself up for a repeat of 9-11 all over again. Many Americans also feel as if this nation is somehow immune to these major attacks anymore. I mean, after all, I mean, you have to take your shoes off when you go through the airport checkout line or check-in line. But yet, nobody checks these people coming in. Matter of fact, they give them shoes. They give them clothes to wear. Here, you got to take off your belt and your shoes and and open up your, your suitcases and let them be inspected. But yet, and that's just to go on a trip. But yet, they put people on planes and buses and just ship them to the major cities. There you go. No checks whatsoever. You don't know who they're sending where. But a few months back, I had on my Kingdom Crossroads podcast, Joseph M. Leonard, sharing about his book, Terror Strikes, coming soon to a city near you. And for the last two years, the powers that be have tried to stop just about any discussion about the fiasco happening at the southern border. Most mainstream media won't even discuss it until recently, because with the illegals being shipped to those liberal havens called sanctuary cities, suddenly even liberal media is starting to talk about what's happening. With everything going on right now, I figured this would be a great time to have Joseph to come back on the Revelation Warning Podcast today and discuss current events in light of his book. Joseph M. Leonard is a Christian author with a very non-traditional Christian book published by Illuminify Media. He hails from Michigan, which is coincidentally where I was born and raised. We had that discussion before. And he's been involved in Michigan politics and activism since back in 1978. Help me welcome back to the program, Joseph M. Leonard. Joseph, thank you for taking the time to join us today. Thank you for having me again. I greatly appreciate it. And yeah, you mentioned mostly peaceful protests, yeah, yeah. literally burning down communities. Yep. It's like Elon Omar and her moronic statement about 9-11. Yeah. Some people did something. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, 
And yes, people, it can happen again. And yeah, what does this have to do with revelation? Well, like you said, my my book is still Christian, though very non-traditional, obviously a a story based around terrorism, even though it's not just about that. It's about family values, too. It's not about death. It's yep. about life and living, and those both foreign and domestic who would want to deprive you of your life, your liberty, or your pursuit of happiness. Any one of the three is bad enough, let alone all three. Yeah, amen. Amen. <laughs> so, well, Look for you, those that for those that didn't catch the first interview we did over on the Kingdom Crossroads podcast. Other than that brief information I just shared, tell us in your own words who is Joseph M. Leonard. Well, I, I'm born and raised in Michigan, and uh, you know we discussed before we started the interview. It's cooling down now. It's fall, despite the cold winters. I choose to stay in Michigan. Uh, Maybe one of these days I'll indeed finally get so fed up I'll move to Vegas where it's warm like I'd like to. But I I choose to stay in Michigan, and people probably out there shaking their heads. Why in the world would anyone choose to stay in Michigan, right? But, (laughs) But I do, and I'm a former IT guy, and you might say, well, why is an IT guy writing about terrorism? Well, you know, it's not always uh, what you know, but who you know. That's usually said in the terms of getting a job, but it's true in this case, too. Uh, like if you go to terrorstrikes.info slash reviews, uh, you'll see uh, an FBI agent and an intelligence community uh, brief uh, person's reviews, which I've had to withhold their name <laughs> to oh, yeah. protect Amen. them. But uh, like I, and, and that life, life, art imitating life is in the book. Mm-hmm. Martin is a newspaper man who also knows a Homeland Security agent who helped him towards writing a book on terrorism. So again, mm-hmm. they, there's art imitating life there. Right. It's, it's mm-hmm. not always what you know, but who you know and and what they can tell you, you know. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so what, this, what inspired you to write and release terror strikes for such a time well, as this? Yeah, a, as we discussed on the other show, most I, I've been writing since like grade school. Uh, I'm a holder of a couple dozen copyrights, but most has only been like published on a local basis. Uh, this came to me, like most of my stories, in a dream in 2006. Mm. The opening of the book is the dream I had, and uh, uh, or what came to me in the dream, I mean. Uh, and I felt at that time, okay. With everything going on in the world, this is an important book to write. And I spent six, seven months in 2006, and it didn't it didn't quite come together. I had a, a, a beginning, I had a middle, I even had my end written. But there were, you know, a few intermediary pieces 
that were lacking. And it wasn't quite solid enough a story to publish. So I set it aside, you know, thinking, well, I'll pick it up next year or in two years. Well, 15 years later, <laughs> 2021, yeah. yeah, 2021, you know, I was doing other things. I was writing mm -hmm. other things. But in 2021, the dream came back. And I said, okay, I get it. Now's the time. And indeed, I, I dug it up, put it on the laptop from the DVD it was stored on, and the words literally like manna from heaven just came and flowed through me onto the page yep. and uh, was able to complete it. Because like you said, and, and I mentioned in our other interviews, with the Wuhan virus hysteria, the news has not been reporting it. Yep. It didn't go away. Terrorists didn't all of a sudden say, oh, let's just put down our guns and stop killing. No. <laughs> You just hadn't been hurrying about it. And That's right. recently, you probably did hear about the the assault, the, the attempted murder of Salman Rushdie. Mm -hmm. yep. You know, people, yep. these people are patient. They're willing to wait us out. So we are lulled into a false sense of security. Salman Rushdie was the author of Satanic Verses and the Ayatollah Khomeini put out a fatwa on him to kill him with a reward on his head all decades ago, decades yep. ago. Yep. They're patient. They just attempted to murder him this year. Yeah. Fatwa he was in hiding for something like 15 years or something. Yeah. 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 He was in hiding. He, he thought it was somewhat safe to come out. No wrong. Yep. Amen. <laughs> and, Amen. uh, he, became an easy retaliation target for Biden drone striking Elm on Amon al-Zawahiri. Although mm -hmm. since I, I like poking my finger in their eye, I like to jokingly call him Amon al-Zawah no longer Hiri. <laughs> Amen. But I'm bummed. Amen. Amen. <laughs> right? Amen. Uh, now your book isn't just about terrorism though, right? Correct, exactly. You know, family values and, and like I said, life and living. Uh, it, you know, it, again, it, it's not a fear porn book, kind of like the media. It's all about fear porn yeah, and shock yeah. to make ratings. My book is, it is a gentle warning. Live your life. Don't be balled up in the corner or in a fetal position, sucking on your thumb, crying all day long and all night long. You've got to live your life. But don't be stupid at the same time, right? Be awake. Be alert. Know what's going on. Don't live in a fog. Like you'll see on my, the cover of my book, it's a bit subtle, that there's a major the thing you most see is a clock with a sniper crosshair on it to signify that terror strikes coming soon to a city near you, right? Mm -hmm. Two minutes to midnight. Time is, time is nigh. It's running out. And at the bottom of the cover, though, you'll see, if you look close, people in a fog mm -hmm. to represent that very thing. 
people wandering about in a fog, clueless to all that's going on around them. And my book serves as a warning to, you know, live, but be awake and alert. And and also uh, another subtle feature in the upper right-hand corner of the novel is you see Martin writing at his desk. But again, it's a subtle image in there that you don't see unless you really look. The main thing is that clock Amen. warning you. Time could be running out for you. Be awake. Be yep. alert. And the coming soon to a city near you is important. Folks, terrorism is just not a New York, London, Toronto, Ontario, Canada, Madrid, Spain, or Tokyo, Japan, which there are chapters on each in this book. It's just not a big city problem. There's a chapter called Tulsa, which lays out how terrorism can hit anywhere, mm -hmm. anywhere in the United States. And I'd like to also say, I'm grabbing a piece of paper here since we're audio, people can see this this time. <laughs> I mean, video. video. Mm -hmm. uh, do you know there have been 250 more than 250 mass shootings this year alone. Oh, my. Mm. This year alone. That. Yeah. And I want to make a point further on that, on this piece of paper. Iowa nightclub, April 10th. Arkansas car show, March 19th. Vegas hookah bar, February 26th. Virginia hookah bar. February 4th. Why do I say those? Not because I want you looking them up or I cover these in the book, but to make the point, what do they all have in common? Is that they have nothing in common and they aren't major cities. These can happen and these happened anywhere. Amen. It can happen anywhere, even in your backyard. That's right. Amen. Amen. Uh, who is the target audience you wrote this book for? Well, it's an all audience book. Uh, you know, there, there's a couple of dams, you know, in there, but there's no massive foul language uh, because I wanted junior high and high school students even to be able to read this without an issue. Uh, a parent or a grandparent could read it and then understand there's a lot of history in this book because it's historical fiction, or as I call it, action. Mm -hmm. The main story is fiction to drive it. But as we follow Martin to researching to write his book on terrorism, we go through the discovery of actual historical events. So there's a lot of history in here. Kids aren't learning. So mm -hmm. it is something that I wrote for young and old and everywhere in between, male and female. It's not a Rambo kind of blood and gut shoot them up. You know, it's not a spy thriller either, even though I'd like to say my book is kind of like the Clancy Some of All Fears, uh, but not spy novel. Yeah. Dealing with terrorism meets the deep impact Morgan Freeman movie. Well, there's no meteor in my book, but 
the aspect of what does the government know and what aren't they telling you aspect. So it's kind of a mashup of that. But so it's not a blood and guts. It's an intellectual pursuit kind of book. It's meant to make you think. And in fact, I'm going to temporarily go to my website. In fact, since this is video, would you mind if I share my screen? Yeah, we can do that real quick. Yeah, just temporarily. I want to do this. Give me a second. There's my uh, josephmleonard.us website. Uh, And I'm going to scroll down. Oh, no, it's not on that one. Yeah, that's my, uh, uh, all right, I'm going to have to uh, drink it to get to it. Hold on just a second. My terrorstrikes.info website, which, of course, is going to give me a hard time loading now, of course, because we're doing this live. Zoom, yeah. <laughs> all right, here we go. I'm scrolling to the bottom to make this point. Fair warning. Many deem this book controversial and upsetting in many places, which it is meant to be. It's meant to make people think, to challenge their own and others' intentions, motives, own morality, and mortality. I think that is a very succinct and important statement that sums up the book. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Yep. Amen. Now, let me go back over here. Can you stop the share so we can get back? Yeah. There we go. All right. Where is that button? All right. My mouse doesn't want to scroll here. Here we go. Stop share. All right. There we All go. All right. There we go. All right. Praise the Lord. We're back. All right. So in your book, you mentioned the media has been shying away from covering anything related to terrorist activity in the United States. Why do you believe they don't want to cover terrorism anymore? Yeah. Well, they're busy with the the COVID and the lockdowns and the paranoia and the because most of the media is liberal. I mean, we know that. We just, that's just a fact. It's not remotely disputable. So they're pro-government and they're pro-government control. And the Wuhan hysteria provides for emergency power declarations, power grabs, control of the masses and people, like stealing your bodily autonomy as to whether you get a Wuhan jab, which even if you get that and five boosters, you can still get the disease. You know, it's about power and control, not informing the public. And, you know, all for a disease that has a 998 survivability rate. I've had Mm -hmm. COVID twice myself, Mm -hmm. although that's not to say that it's not dangerous to some people. Uh, I personally know two people that died from COVID. One, because she had asthma. So she had a precondition, then a comorbidity, as you would say. 
And another friend who got COVID, they wanted him put on ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. The hospital refused to do that. He got worse. They put him on a ventilator and he died while on the ventilator because you know, they lose favor and lose Medicare money if they don't follow the government dictates. Right. And they yeah. got a bonus for putting them on a ventilator rather than giving them something that could have cured him. Yeah. Because I myself, like I said, I had COVID twice. Both times, took ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, up my vitamin D, took zithromycin, the z pack. And was over it in six days. Yeah. Amen. 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 Now, we mentioned the politics involved with what's happening at the border right now, or more correctly, what's not happening at the border right now. <laughs> exactly. How is this contributing to the rise in crime that we all see going on on the news? Yeah, and I'm glad you discussed that because not just terrorism, which is, of course, a crime, and murdering innocents. I even discuss Roe v. Wade in my book because mm. how is murdering innocent children in the womb any different than terrorists murdering innocents the way I see it? Mm. But And also another sub-theme is general crime and lack of punishment. And indeed, immigration is also touched on a bit, not dwelled on, but touched on because there has been more than 100 people that are on terrorist watch list interceded at our southern border. Now, that's 100 we caught. Right. How many are in those hundreds of thousands of gotaway statistics that we don't know got here? looking to kill us or cause harm and mayhem and destruction, right? So the southern border is not just a humanitarian question. (laughs) It's a national security question. You have to be able to control your border. And I'm not saying don't have immigrants. I'm very pro-legal immigrant, as my character in my book is, Mm -hmm. you know, I know some wonderful immigrants to this country, and frankly, they're far more patriotic and pro-America than a lot of the fools on my block are because they escaped the bleephole countries Mm -hmm. or from behind the Iron Curtain. They really know what socialism, communism, and Fascism is like, whereas the idiots here born in our own country, hearing socialism and communism virtually Mm -hmm. praised in our schools these days, are are clueless. So they are, you know, I I love to have a block full of legal immigrants (laughs) and some of the fools I've got. Amen. When I was in the military, some of the the greatest, you want to call them warriors? Were those like, you know, Mexicans that had immigrated and, you know, wanted to join the military, you know, people from Puerto Rico and all, they know what they're fighting and they're willing to do it. Yeah. I mean, it's. I'm glad you you brought that up because I am absolutely 100% against amnesty. 
because mm-hmm. you grant amnesty, you get more illegals flooding because it's an incentive. You do it yep. once, they think they'll, you'll do it again. And we did do it once. Yep. Ronald Reagan, love him, rest, rest in peace, brother. Uh, one of the greatest presidents ever granted amnesty in a deal with Tip O'Neill in supposed return for border border security. What did we get? Of course, we got the amnesty, but they never fun- kept their promise. They never funded the border security. Yep. And yep. we have idiots who want to repeat that same mistake. You, know, you cannot grant amnesty again because it led to more immigration and it's led to uncontrolled open border immigration now because of the promise the left is offering of amnesty again. We cannot allow it. We cannot go for it. But I said all that to say this, to tie in with what you said. I will make one exception. If you come, if you came here supposedly dragged over with your parents and, you know, through no fault of your own, the supposed dreamers, as they call them, okay? If you're willing to put six years in a military, and I'm not talking about some best job in Arizona, I mean combat role military, spend six years fighting and defending this country and fighting for freedom and liberty here and abroad, then yes, you are the kind of real American immigrant we want. I'm willing to make an exception for that. But again, back to the border, uh, the hundred we caught, hundreds more potential gotaways on the terrorist watch list want to yep. kill us. And people seem to have this foolish notion we're only talking about Mexicans. And if you're mm-hmm. against immigration, which I've already said, I'm all for immigration from anywhere and everywhere. If you do it legally, the right way, based on merit, uh, so this is not anti-brown people like they like to, you know, scream racism. Right. Uh, right. This is not just about Mexicans or South Americans. People from more than 200 countries around the world, including Iran, including North Korea, including China mm-hmm. and Russia, nations that are not our friends have been caught coming across that border. So we're not talking about right. just Mexicans looking to come and pick grapes. That's not what it is. Uh, and the, anyone saying otherwise is either a fool or a liar. This is a national security issue. We are a welcoming nation, but you have to come through the front door. I would not tolerate someone just taking up residence in my home and helping themselves to my refrigerator. That's right. Amen. You wouldn't Amen. do that. You have a fence in your home. You have a door on your house for a reason. The border is no different. Amen. Amen. In your research for the book, who did you discover is mainly financing these terrorist activities? Well, yeah, those nations I mentioned, (laughs) (laughs) Iran, North Korea, China, Russia, people who would prefer to see the United States 
be a destitute and derelict as bad as any other third world nation because then they can step forward and rule the globe. It's about power, it's about control. And if the United States, like Reagan said, if we lose freedom here, there's nowhere left to go to. That's right. We are Amen. the, the planet's only hope and salvation to be light and salt for the world. Amen. In your book, you use the term, if I pronounce this correctly, Gijas, G-I-J. Yeah. yeah. Hey, explain that for our listeners. Yeah. G-I-J-I-A. Gija. Why that new term? I created it. I invented it. I'm <laughs> entering it into the nomenclature of, you know, the terrorist threat. Well, we usually say Islamic fundamentalist radicals, right? And again, I'm not talking about only Muslim terrorists here. The book is not only about Muslim terrorists. This, you know, because that's one of the one of the cries. Oh, I'm Islamophobic. No, no, no. You clearly didn't read my book if you think that. I was on a show with Dawn Williams, a Muslim woman, and she absolutely loves the book and she absolutely knows what I'm saying and going for there. So this is not just about Muslim terrorists. But our biggest threat right now, despite the left telling you it's right-wing extremists, nonsense, yeah, Christian fundamentalist extremists, right. yeah, they would have you believe are our biggest threats. No, that's, that's not the case. Uh, but that doesn't roll off the tongue easy. Neither does when you refer to the Nazis, we refer to them as Nazis, right? Rather than National Socialist Deutschland Arbiter Party members. Right. It's too long. <laughs> it doesn't roll off the tongue. And in fact, Joseph Goebbels is the man who created the term Nazi Soshi, and we just shortened it to Nazis uh, to be derogatory, uh, where he thought it was, you know, a, a positive thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I created Asia which stands for Global Islamic Jihadist Interim Army, or Gija for short, because it just flows so much easier in conversation. But again, and it's a shame I've got to repeat this, but, you know, there's going to be people who, who you, you might see it online attacking me about having a racist, sexist, Islamophobic, homophobic book. It's none of that. You know, uh, not all Muslims are terrorists. Not all terrorists are Muslims. And, you know, all, all that disclaimer stuff. And it's a shame I got to say, mm -hmm. but I got to say it. <laughs> Amen. Amen. As we start, we talk about the southern border. Do you believe these Islamic terrorists are capitalizing on the lack of security at the border, sneaking their agents into America right now? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, I mean, one of the, the biggest concerns. Uh, they, there's no issue now of like the 9-11 hijackers. Had we rounded them up for overstaying their visa, we could have potentially prevented 9-11. Or at least maybe if we only got a few of them, maybe they would have only been able to hijack one plane. 
instead of the you know the number they did. Uh, so it it why would you make something so easy for your enemy to hit you? <laughs> mm -hmm. Amen. It yeah. just makes yeah. no sense to me. But yet there are people who just don't care about our borders, northern or southern, just want to let anybody and everybody in. You know, and that's a wonderful notion. We are a free nation. We are freedom lovers. We believe in freedom of travel, right? It would be great if we could just let anybody and everybody come and go. But people, that's not the world we live in today. <laughs> you have Amen. to have reasonable restrictions. Oh, yeah. I mean, after 9-11, you know, I remember before 9-11, you just, you know, walked up, put your bag up on the counter, paid your ticket or showed it and, you know, walk through. That was it, you know. Yeah, and literally. They, they yeah, got on the plane with box cutters because yeah. they weren't a prohibited item. That's you, right. You couldn't Amen. take a switchblade on. You, you had, you could actually take a gun if it were properly packaged. That's onto right. a plane, but yep. you know, they're clever, they're crafty, they think of ways to get around the system. And yeah, and you know, neither of us are saying build a, a wall around every foot of the United States and shut down all tra air traffic from every other nation on the planet. Right. We're not saying to close America. We're not saying that. We're just saying we have to have reasonable restrictions. <laughs> Amen. We got to know does, who you are and why you're coming here. Because that why can't be because you want to murder Americans. Amen. Amen. How, how does social media contribute to the spread of terrorism? Well, that's a good question because while a former president and was a sitting president at the time, was banned from Twitter, the Ayatollah Khomeini of Iran, who even tweets death to Israel on a regular basis, still has a, an account. Somehow, that threat of violence and murder and desire to genocide an entire race of people to create another Holocaust doesn't violate Twitter's terms of service. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Amen. Amen. This is but funny yeah. enough, two weeks ago I got permanently suspended from Twitter. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Yeah. I I got into a desktop. You remember Meathead from uh Rob all Reiner, in the family, from, yeah, you know, uh, all in the family, all in the family, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was spewing some uh, garbage talking points, and I presented facts. Well, they don't like when you counter their narrative with facts, right? So he, of course, reported me, and Twitter decided to block me, even though. There is nothing I said they could factually dispute. It's an, you know, it was providing information like they banned tons of people 
who spoke about ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine mm-hmm. that yeah. doctors all over the world prescribe and no helps with COVID. Uh, they don't like what you're saying, even though it's factual, they ban you. Censorship, they got to censor you. Yep. And of course, free speech is indeed an open question. And one of the sub things in terror strikes coming soon to a city near you. Uh, I yeah, just man. got into a desk up the other day on another social media platform about free speech. Hate speech is indeed a real thing. However, we have a First Amendment. You are free to hate whoever you want and mm. tell them that you hate them as many times as you like. Amen. You're not forced to like anybody. But having hate speech laws is a whole other unconstitutional issue. Mm. Now, direct threats right. of killing somebody, whether you hate them or not, Right. Is an illegal thing. And obviously those laws need to exist. Yeah. But you're free to scream neo-Nazi bull anti-Semitism <laughs> all you like. Because we're a free nation with the First Amendment that allows you to do that. And frankly, I'd rather these people be online spewing their garbage, exposing themselves so mm-hmm. that we can also publicly shun them and rebuke Amen. them and rebut them rather than them hating in private and stewing and then going to a level of indeed plotting and planning to kill people. Yeah. You know, Amen. the answer to free speech, as the saying goes, is not censorship. It's more free speech mm-hmm. to Amen. counter the hateful right. narrative. Uh, my book is against and about being against all hate of all forms against any people anywhere. Amen. Well, Joseph, this has all been so interesting. How can someone obtain a copy of your book, Terror Strikes, coming soon to a city near you? Is it on Amazon? Yeah, it's on Amazon, but I know a lot of people are not big Bezos fans. So (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you can, of course, uh, go to any local bookstore. I'm a big proponent of shopping local you know if you've got a mom and pop bookstore near you if they don't have it and they're likely to not because i'm you know i'm not a stephen king or tom clancy (laughs) or james patterson yet right but they can order the book they can look it up and they can order it or of course you could go to Barnes and noble online or books a million online or any number of other online shopping sites and order the book but of course i want you to get an autograph copy amen you can go to terrorstrikes.info and there's a buy tab terrorstrikes.info buy direct from me this is open only to u.s addresses only i will sell you directly an autograph copy and i will cover the shipping which Amen. is why I say only the U.S. address. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. not spending $30 to send a copy to Germany. Right. Amen. <laughs> when Amen. the book only costs $20 itself. 
Yeah, so I, I, I offer, I offer free shipping. Bibles for that. I offer free Bibles to anyone who asks, but it's a continental U.S. only. <laughs> exactly. I, again, Amen. reasonable restrictions. Yeah. Right, brother? <laughs> Amen. 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 So if someone wanted to get more information, maybe to ask a question, maybe do an interview like this, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah. Again, terrorstrikes.info, there's a contact app. Or you can go to josephmleonard.us. We, you, you saw that website briefly. We shared my screen. Uh, uh, there's no Owen Leonard. It looks French. It looks like it's Leonard. It's not. It's Leonard, but no Owen. josephmleonard.us. There's also a contact button there. Reach out to me for any reason. Like I, I also have an Indiegogo project. I'm looking at putting together another book. Uh, You and I, I contacted you. We had two episodes where we just talked about writing and publishing. Well, I've had five different interviews like that now. So I thought, why not put a book to help other aspiring writers or even just avid readers looking for more story content? Because... Like I say in the Indiegogo write and publish page, igg.me slash at slash write dash and dash publish. Uh, That's a project because I've got a lot of money shelled out, obviously, regarding promotion of my current book. So I I can't self-publish another book right now, but I'm hoping others will say, yeah, I'd like to help aspiring writers become published and they go to Indiegogo and help that project. If I can raise a few thousand dollars to self-publish another book to help other writers, because, you know, most of the greatest stories you've ever read or will read come from people you've never heard of yet. And remember, I mentioned Stephen King and Tom Clancy and James Patterson. They were all unknown authors at one point, too. At one point. Amen. That's right. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Well, I'll put links to all this down in the show notes below. Folks, as Joseph M. Leonard has stated, terrorism has not gone away just because the COVID virus shut things down. The news just took it off the headlines. The problem is still there. The government and the liberal media, they've tried to minimize the problem, saying, oh, the border's secure. We've secured the border, despite video evidence to the contrary. I mean, they're still coming for us. You need to get your own copy of Joseph Leonard's book, Terror Strikes, coming soon to a city near you. Share it with others that you know who cares about what the future of America is going to look like. Just drop down the show notes, get your copy today, click the links, get in touch with Joseph. You want an autographed copy? It is right there. Just click the link and let him know. You want to help support his next book? The link's right there. Click the link and, and become part of getting the word out. That's what that's what our ministry is all about. Amen. Joseph, thank you for taking the time to come back on another interview with us, and, and this time on Revelation Warning. I do appreciate the time. Yeah, and uh, lastly, to tie it back to your program name, I mean, if terrorists get their hands on nuclear weapons, my friends, mm-hmm. we may very well indeed be at those end times. Yep. Amen. Amen. Folks, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to drop down the show notes, purchase Joseph M. Leonard's book, Terror Strikes, coming soon to a city near you. Till next time, this is Pastor Bob, with, along with Joseph M. Leonard, reminding you that 
Jesus is coming soon. And to be blessed in all that you do. You have been listening to Revelation Warning with Pastor Robert Thibodeau and his guest expert on Bible prophecy as it relates to current events. This podcast is not designed to invoke fear, but concern. Help us to make everyone aware that the soon return of Jesus is close at hand by clicking the like, subscribe, and then share buttons below. Share this episode with your loved ones, friends, and coworkers. For more information on our ministry, please visit podcasterforchrist.com. And be sure to come back next week for another episode of Revelation Warning.